All right. All right. We are live and we are recording. Thank you very much, Saya. Uh, I appreciate you being on. And uh, how's how's your evening going, man? You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, my day and my evening is amazing, man. Um, never been better in my life. You know, that's the best way I can sum it up, you know. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a father of two. You know, I have a 15-year-old. Um, I have a three-year-old and, um, you know, my 15-year-old is in bodybuilding as well. So, you know, we, we eat our meals together and then, you know, my little one, you know, she's like right in the middle, just doing her thing, God. loving life, man. So we just, we're just full of positive energy and positive vibes over here. Man. And, and let me add to that empowering energy yeah. and an empowering vibe, because I mean, the reason why, man, I, what I love about this is we talked about this a little bit right before uh, we hit the record and everything is. The universe aligns itself. You put out an intention. You start meeting people in that intention. Absolutely. And and I because I, I was there supporting my buddy Michael. But I remember just yes. when I when I got there, man, you, your team, the energy, the family, it just just definitely um, showed out, you know. And it was the um, the PMBA show, uh, the Muscle Magazine, I believe, yeah, in, in El Segundo. Iron yeah, Man Magazine. Sorry. Yes. Right, yeah, right, yeah. and um, you know, for for all my listeners and viewers, I, I this is exactly. I actually reached out to this guy and went to go look for him because of the vibe and and everything that he had. Um, and in particular, in what particular, real quick, real quick, I just want to just add this real quick because uh, I spoke about you and your family at a previous show of mine. Um, but but when you got up on stage and then like your daughter just like go dad go everything and i was yeah. like this is yeah absolutely the most what was that like for you man like at that show and the family and the whole nine yards that um it, it was probably one of the most memorable times in my life um because it, mm -hmm. it's a culmination point you know with my family coming together right i've competed before before my daughter was born and um when it was just my son and i would always invite him to my shows. Hey, son, you want to go to the show? No, I'm good. Right. Until one day last year, he decided, he's like, yeah, you know what? I'll come check it out. And then he got inspired. He was like, this is what you do. And then he's like, dad, I want to bodybuild. So we've been working on his journey progressively all year. And then, you know, um, again, now my daughter's in the picture, but she's, she's a little young to kind of understand fully what's going on. But now she's, a, you know, she's older. She can speak more. She's, she understands, you know, and she comes <laughs> to the practices. So she sees the preparation work. So, you know, having my son was on stage with me at the time um, in a different category. And then now looking out into the audience and my, my daughter is fully coherent as far as what's going on. And oh, I totally man. lost bearing on stage. I mean, I just, I was holding a pose and I, I looked over and saw her and heard her screaming. And I just, I just busted out laughing, you know, because it was... <laughs> I was like, wow, this is, you know, and, and that's what the PNBA is about. It's a family ran organization, you know, from mom, dad, you know, there's, there's, their, uh, their children and, um, and they, they're very welcoming to family. So it was just such a safe space for me and my family. And then for all of us to just be, you know, um, united around this one sport called natural bodybuilding. Wow. I love that. I love that. It, it, it sounds like. Yeah. You and your team have that vibe of like a higher purpose of, of a higher energy, like towards like, like, can you go into that? Is that like a reflection of you? Is that just like a reflection of everybody else? Like, where does that come from? Yeah. So, um, the interesting thing about the team was when I first started it, I just handpicked, you know, um, around seven individuals that were in pretty decent shape that looked like, you know, they wanted to bodybuild. I was like, Hey, you want to bodybuild? Come on, I'll teach you. And I just, I wanted a small, intricate tight-knit group that we just go and focus on just competing training together you know you, you know the camaraderie that comes along with it and um mm -hmm. in a short space of maybe 20 to 30 days the team tripled in size um and i noticed um people were coming to me not necessarily just for bodybuilding but they were coming to me because you know hey you're like a father figure to me or you're like a mentor um I'm going through depression and I need I need an outlet and I always love to lift weights and I figure hey why not bodybuild I'm overweight 
um, and I'm trying to get back in shape, you know, um, let me just get my shot at bodybuilding. Um, I'm going through a divorce. Uh, I'm, I'm grieving the, the death of a, a loved one. And all of a sudden I found, um, and I'm getting goosebumps right now, but I found myself mm -hmm. in this very precarious position. I'm like, well, this is not initially what I intended, but, um, okay. Um, I see what you're doing universe. Um, I'll, I'll accept the challenge, you know, and now I started, I took up the, the task of, you know, transforming these, not bodies, but lives, like souls, mm. right? And I started really speaking to the spirit that was in them and said, hey, you know what? If we, if we start the work on that level, then the external will take care of itself. Um, so over time, we just kind of morphed into, and I'm like, the only way this is going to work is that there has to be trust. There has to be, you know, genuine love that exists between me and them. Um, and I, I, I took the first leap and I let them know, like, you know what, I, I do love you, right? And I have no qualms in saying that because I, I love the spirit that's inside this, this human being. And I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, it's my job, you know, as I'm alive to do the best possible um, work on planet Earth before my, my time is up. And if, if my work is I can touch and make a difference in a life, you know, and if bodybuilding is the vessel, then so be it. Right. Um, so that's initially what happened. And then as I as I gave, I received. Right. So I started receiving the love and, you know, uh, receiving the, the, the respect and the admiration and and. You know, and then now I'm, when I deal with them and my team, you know, which is like my family, an extension of my family, I, I deal with them with the same care and del delicateness as I would my children, right? I, I speak to them in only positive and constructive manner. I embrace them when I see them, they get hugs, um, you know, happy birthdays, you know, just check out, hey, just checking up on you. Oh, coach, I'm sorry I missed checking. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm just checking up on you. I want to know how you're doing. Mm. So we just kind of grew into that. And I, and I, um, I, you know, something I call the artistry of allowing. I just allow nature and a natural course to just take its, you know, take its form. And and it, it grew into naturally what it, what it, what you see right now. Wow. Wow. And and how big is the uh, the Deadly Fit Bodies uh, family now? Yeah, right. So um, Deadly Fit Bodies is my personal company um, that okay. um, I started, yeah, uh, last year. So 2022, at the beginning of 2022. Um, mm. And the team itself is, you know, called the Royal Family. So the Royal Family is essentially a product of, you know, of my, my company. Um, but yeah, so the competitive team at our height, we were nearly around 50 active competitors right now. Wow, you know, that's um, actually yeah, right now we're, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reducing the numbers a little bit, but we're, we're roughly around, you know, 35 through 35 to about 40 fluctuate, um, active competitors, you know, both mixture of pros and amateurs. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's awesome. Like, I, I love the fact, um, that you harped on the fact you make like their check-ins about them, their check-ins, not your check-ins. Right. And, and I can, yes. I could see that being in, I don't want to say an issue, but definitely a challenge between some coaches sometimes to, you know, always be reminded of, it's not about you. It's about them. And, and the fact that you take that on so, so gracefully, so, so nonchalantly, like, is that something you've, is that something like who you've always been? Is that somewhere where you've always been kind of like the, the big Papa bear figure for other people? Like, would you say that's just kind of who you always been? Yeah. Who you've always been. I, I think um, if I'm honestly speaking, it's, it's a role that the divine creators and architect of this, of this world, this life that we know kind of imposed on me and said, you know what? I know what you personally want to do. Cause it, if you leave it up to me, Saya would just focus on Saya, you know, and one or two people in proximity and just go, because I'm a competitor first. So I'm going to go after my goals, my ambitions, you know, and, and, and I have like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, having an obsession for competing, right? I'll, I'll compete mm. in anything, you know, just about, right? Like, um, and if I lose, let's run it back, right? Like we ain't gonna stop running it back until I win. So I'm like, that's my 
default setting, but things orchestrate itself naturally where it puts me in this role and it says, if in order for you to develop into the type of human being that you claim, you proclaim that you want to develop into, you're going to have to do these things. So mm. if you rewind a few years ago, I was never the guy that was going to tell another man that I love you. Like you, you couldn't even force me to do that. Like I, I, I could count on probably one, three fingers the amount of time I even told my father I loved him. It was just an understood thing. That's part of our culture. Yeah, you, my dad, of course I love you. Like I don't have to say it, but mm. I found myself in this position where if someone is crying on your shoulders, another grown man, because of whatever trauma they are going through at the time, the solution to that scenario, it's not suck it up, tough it out, man up, punch in the chest, right? Like that, that's not going to work. That's not the solution for that. It's a hug and a, 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 a really tight embrace, right? And letting them know you're safe, you're secure, and that someone else, your life is valuable to someone else, right? Like, and, and I'm that guy, so your life is valuable to me. And I found myself, the only solution is to let them know, like, I love you, right? And I noticed with the first time I did that, um, it was a young man that was, he just totally lost it, you know, because he was grieving the death of his father. And he calls me at midnight and he's just <clears throat> losing it. And, I, you know, I woke up, my phone is by the bed. I woke up, I answered the call and he's like, you're, and I remember distinctly, he was like, I called you because you're like a father figure to me. That's how he left out. I just buried my dad today and I'm losing it. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I can't think straight. I don't know what to do. I, I can hear him crying over the phone and I'm thinking, what do I do? So I'm going through my mental Rolodex of, um, what do I say? What do I do? Uh, he, he's not in proximity. We're not in the same geographical location. So I can't, I can't touch him. I can't reach out to him. I can't go see him. So I'm like, how do I gain control of the situation? And, and for him to kind of recenter and gain control of himself. And my mind just went to, this is a human being, right? That just said that you're like a father to him. What would a father say to a son? And I'm like, I will let my son know that I love him. And that's literally instinctively what came out of my mouth and the crying mm -hmm. stopped immediately. And he was just all attentive. And it, it's like, almost like that's what he needed to hear in that moment. Someone, someone still loves me. Um, like a male figure still loves me. And then, you know, we talked for a little bit. I heard the sniffles like stop. And he was like, you know what? I'm good. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm good. And then that's when I knew I said, just the power of communicating, you know, your emotions, um, you know, to someone can, it's, it's healing, right? Like it, it can, it can right. heal a lot of wounds. God. Yeah. I, I feel like you just illustrated one of the bigger challenges that goes on with men as a whole, which is yes. like our ability to be vulnerable with ourselves, express our emotions authentically. Um, and it does feel like there's a huge societal pressure to, hold it in as men, you know, and, and it's a, it's yes. a, it's a challenging slope, but it seems like you've, you've kind of, you, you just said it, you said a few years ago, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have been doing this. Like you wouldn't actually be telling men, I love you. But so what changed? Um, to be honest, um, whew, I, I lost my older brother to suicide and mm -hmm. I, I grieved mm -hmm. silently for um x amount of years actually tomorrow is the 10th year anniversary of it so oh man sorry to hear brother sorry to hear. yeah thank you yeah. thank you man that 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 yeah, is so it just... <sighs> yeah so it's and you know he was the one that got me into bodybuilding got me into fitness um, you know, as little brother to big brother, you always, you, you want to be your big brother. Right. And the, the paradox of it, we were like two completely different individuals in our personality. Um, but, um, the love and the, the, you know, the protectiveness from a older brother to a younger brother was always there. And the, and 
you know, one of my biggest cheerleaders when it when I took on the sport of bodybuilding. Um, you know, his I, I distinctly remember his exact words where he's like, Man, when he saw me in, in getting in contest shape for my first show, he's like, Man, you go on stage looking like that, nobody will be able to beat you. And that that's something <laughs> that a reoccurring, you know, message I keep playing in my head that so when I approach all of my competitions, that's my mentality. And um, I think I grieved in silence for for many, many years. Like you, you would never even get me to say this, right? Like in conversation, um, I would never even admit it. I would never talk about it. Someone would say something, I say, hey, next subject. And then when I decided it was time to face this reality and it took me 2021, eight years to like, for my mind to say, okay, you, you're gonna have to face this reality. And um, mm -hmm. and when I did, uh, I just started like, okay, you know what? First step is I have to acknowledge, right? And then, so now when I meet men that are, you know, um, I, I can, that are close to me in some type of affinity, you know, I, I think back and said, okay, how many times, when was the last time I even told him that I loved him, right? Mind draws a blank. Okay, you know what? I'm, I'll never make that mistake again, right? So if I call you my brother, or you someone that's, I have no problems with letting you know right off the bat. Hey, man, I love you and I appreciate you. God damn, yeah, uh, and I love and appreciate you, man, for for sharing that and and Thank giving you. that space, Thank man. You. Oof, oof, you got me in my feels right now. Jeez. Um, Thank you. God, it is just that that is just so important for men these days. You know, you're providing a space yeah. and it, it sounds like the impact that your your brother had on you is, is this the impact you're making on all these young men, you know, which is yes. God, we we need that more in this today's yeah. society, you know, and men's health, not only like mental and emotional, but then physical and, and mm -hmm. I enjoy that everything you're talking about, like like bodybuilding, you know, I've always said it to anybody, um, it's it's not just about lifting weights. It's not about just, yes. you know, making yourself physically looking good and posting selfies on Instagram. Like, is that an added benefit? Yes, that's a great benefit of it, right? But yes. the intrinsics of, you know, eating better, making yourself a priority, aiming for a higher version of yourself, as well as actually believing those things are achievable. Like, it's what young men and what everybody in general needs more of. And um, that, yes. the fact that you... Talk about that. Yeah, you look like you have something to say. Like, yeah, you want to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because if if you come around my team, um, you know, my family, I should call it, you you, you will hear that's regular conversation between the men and the women. You know, mm. you you hear them expressing love and appreciation and gratitude um, in a brotherly, sisterly type of way towards each other, and nonstop. That if in our group chat with each other, that's that's all you hear. Um, and it's, it's so, um, amazing for me to see that they embraced it because it's a safe space. It's a psychologically safe space, um, that, you know, we know that we're not going to be judged and, and we're not going to be criticized for having these emotions and having these feelings and letting them out. And, um, even if we were battling some type of mental health, um, we know that we have each other to, and it's okay for us to lean on each other and, and openly talk about these things, whether it's a marital mm -hmm. issue or just a personal issue or, you know, or still overcoming some psychological childhood trauma. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's not uncommon if you get around us. That's why when you see us at our shows, um, that what, what we express to each other and to, other athletes and just to the audience, that's all genuine. That's not made up. That's not being loud for the sake of being loud. Like we, we like, we genuinely feel those things towards each other. Right. Um, some of the young women on the team, you know, um, you know, typical, um, dealing with some past trauma and you can fill in the blank with the types of trauma, you know, from maybe some other male figure that they trusted that's supposed to do act accordingly and violated that trust right so now reestablishing trust with them that you know this is what it's supposed to look like this is what true love without it being sexualized from a man is supposed to look like you're supposed to be treated 
with dignity and respect and exalted and the name royal family in which you know we just kind of collectively agreed to call ourselves the way we greet each other is you know hey what's up king um hey how you doing queen right um to to speak that life into the soul and the spirit that's within that person so they know that whenever they're going about their day and whatever they're doing what they're doing and and you know they can always remember you know someone thinks of me as a king someone thinks of me as a queen so what type of decision would a king or queen make in this in this situation mm. you know and, and they can they can they can now choose the right course the, the right actions especially when you know when you're part of a tribe you know your your tribe you don't want to let down your your fellow tribesmen like you know they're acting this way especially when they see me as their coach you know acting in in a particular manner and the way I carry myself, you know, they're like, well, well, I, I definitely don't want this to be a bad reflection on him. So I'm I'm gonna make a kingly decision. I'm gonna make a queenly decision. I don't need to male or female take my shirt off and, you know, because I'm a bodybuilder and over sexualize myself to gain the wrong attention. You know, so like all of that um played a huge factor in their personal development. And then, which goes into one of the main and core exercises that I, I gave them when they first joined the team was redesign your self-image. Create, mm -hmm. you have the power to create yourself internally um, into what you always wanted to be. And that's the, the beauty of, you know, the craft that we do as far as bodybuilding. Yeah, it works on the external, but you got to create a mental image first of, you know, how you want your physique to look. So... But let's let's take apart your whole character and let's let's redesign that, you know, and you you now become the architect and you hold the authority, you know, over yourself to now recreate yourself into, you know, a, an image. When you look in the mirror, you're like, I love that person. I love that king. I love that queen that's in the mirror. And that's what's going to be reflected onto society. And people are going to treat you the way you treat yourself. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's... um. Dude, this is this is really powerful things, man. And thank you. So, wh where did I? I mean, did your did your the royal family? Did it always start with calling each other king and queen? Like, did you just hey called called someone in kings? Notice the reaction? Like, where did? Because I, I mean, I, I see a lot of these things. Like, first of all, I agree with you. I just want to let you know, I hundred percent agree that I think if you you yeah. treat people with respect and you hold them into a higher regard to a higher you know class or label per se they hold themselves accountable to a higher version of themselves by default. But, you know, you yeah. see it on the, on Instagram or you see it on social media. Oh, Hey King, Hey Queen. And then something toxic or Hey, something like this, you know, but you spoke yeah. about it in a very positive way. So as it yeah. always, like, where did that come from? I guess from calling each other, I know you're talking about the results of it, but where did that start? So, um, I'm, my, my culture is Jamaican. Um, okay. so, um, you know, I was, yeah, I was born and raised in Jamaica, um, and within the Jamaican culture, we kind of, there's, there's a fraction of us that talk to each other that way, you know? Um, so we, we talk to each other, you know, like that, you know, that's, you know, you know, you know, what's up King, you know, but in, in Patois, right? Like in our, in our language. So I, I kind of just took that part of my culture and, you know, because it's, when we deal with each other, it's it's when it's with super high regard, right? High respect. You know, islanders have that that cultural practice anyway. Like, you know, you you greet you greet people, you you make eye contact, you're greeting, right? You you know, you see someone, you greet, and you greet with respect. And there's a there's a part, there's a fraction of the culture that speaks that way, that you know, calls, you know, you know, fellow males, you know, kings and then you know, we'll call the woman, you know, queen or empress, you know, so I kind of took that and um, I took that cultural practice and I said, you know what, like I can, you know, I can work with this, you know, with association and put some some definitions behind it. And that's, and when you, I, I believe that when you, when you put out certain labels, um, it's good to define exactly, okay, what does this label represent? Um, so when you're using it, you understand the context and what you're using it in. Um, you know, we're not talking about the emperor ruler of a city state, you know, kingdom or anything like that. It's well, the kingdom is yourself. Right. And, the, the, you know, so we, we want to. So the philosophy behind when we, when we, we, we actually wrote out the philosophy um, 
before we actually implemented it. And we, I remember having a talk with my, cause me and my, my, you know, my business partner, you know, slash brother, um, Eli, which was at the same show. Um, we mm. talked to each other that way, way before the team, you know, when we greet each other, a King, a King. And, um, but we understood it was, I'm, I'm speaking that life into you, um, you know, reminding you, you, you always have authority over yourself. And then we just decided like, Hey, let's, let's define these, um, very meticulously and, and clearly. So when we use them towards the people that we're helping and we're coaching, they understand this is the context. It's not for you to go out there and be like, well, I'm a king and I rule over other people and <laughs> right. my race, my right. culture is more, no, stop it, right? Um, <laughs> no, this is about you having the authority over yourself. Um, you, the conscious mind can accept and it can reject, right? So you, at all, all times, at all situations, you have the authority over yourself to accept whatever is being presented or reject it completely, right? Um, you, you can never accept anything beyond your will, right? So if you, you know, like, well, they made me, no, you accepted that, you know? So if you accept a label, you accept, you know, um, anything that people call you, put you in a box, if you accept that, then that becomes your reality. But we're, let, we're trying to speak life into you and let you know that you don't have to accept any of it. You can say, you know, mm. so, so what? I don't have muscles. I'll get them. I'll build, I'll, I'll put the work in and I'll get them. Right. So, so what I'm, uh, you know, I'm not, I had someone, um, have a, a young lady that I'm, I'm helping. Um, she's massive weight loss. Right. And she, she's nowhere near contest shape right now, but you had people, she's calling herself a bodybuilder because I'm like, you are, you're, you're in preparation, you are, you're following yeah. the protocol and you're living the lifestyle. So what if you still got, you know, X amount of pounds, right? Um, but someone, you know, made fun of her and said, well, you call yourself no bodybuilder. You're not in shape. And I'm, but because of the way we speak to her and we kind of coached her, she was like, no, I reject that. You get to define me. I get to define me because I'm in, I have authority over me. Oh, and she made a post about God. that. And I was like, there you go. Welcome to the oh, next level. God. Yo, this is really strong, my man. I'm, I'm very happy that i connected with you and it, it all makes sense just wow and I, I love this because you're right because just because you don't have this filtered aesthetic look that social media tells you is a bodybuilder that label it doesn't mean you're not one like you literally are building your body so how are you not a bodybuilder yes. by default exactly. right it, it, and obviously that could be taken in in so many different directions but for the matter that we're talking about it's like yeah if you you know, for me, I love those transformation stories. I am one of those in general where, you know, I used to be a degenerate drinker, degenerate party or uh, fast food, this fast food, that. And then by the time I um, stepped up on stage, like my very first time I stepped up on stage was the worst placing I've ever gotten, but it was the most impactful in my life because of what I had to build myself through. And I, and I love that. You just, you just don't know where people are in their process. You don't know. If, you know, even if they're not on stage, you don't know where they came from or the things that they're still working through on a regular basis. And like constructing your body is, is just, uh, it's just a, a microcosm of how you're actually constructing yourself from within. So it's, it's definitely, man, this is, I'm, I feel like a king just talking to you right now, man. Like it filled the strength. Thank you. Yeah. No, yeah. You, I mean, you are, you know, you know what I mean? Like, um, think about what it is that you're doing. You're, you're, you've taken the initiative, you know, to put your time, your attention and your energy into something like this, right. You know, something constructive, something positive, something to, you know, to help promote, bring awareness. You know, I can, I can just imagine for the, the many of, you know, people, men and women that you've interviewed on this thing, that it, how the impact that it's had on them, just, you know, giving them an outlet, right, to tell their story, to give their philosophy, to be able to reach out and connect with a, a wider audience to fulfill their desires of why, why some of them got into the sport is to, you know, mo to change self, but also motivate and inspire others to do the same. So like anyone that do this type of work that adds an increased value to people, like this is in my opinion, the best line of work that you could, you could ever, one of the, one of the best lines of work you could ever do, right? Like, you know, um, cause it, it's about adding and increasing value to the human life and 
that should mm-hmm. always be applauded. So, yeah, well, thank you very much for that. Thank you, and, and yeah, well, I mean, welcome. I get to, but being in the space, man, I get to meet people like you who, in yeah. man, you embody a lot of principles and, and values that. I got to be honest, like I didn't really start embracing until a couple of years ago as well. Like I was the same guy that didn't tell too many men I love them. You know, I have a really um, a stoic relationship with my father, but kind of like what you said, it's like very understood that the man loves me. I love him. We butt heads all the damn time, but it's it's because we're, yeah. you know, and it's not a bad thing, you know, like that, that, that yeah. you know, that. Um, and then I learned a lot in that, you know, um, because you learn, you know, just that's just how men are, you know, and we kind of have to step, you know, set our boundaries. We got to kind of step firmly in them. And and honestly, that's how I grow respect. And that's how me and my dad have respect and love for each other, because we stand our ground really hard. And we're like, but we right. give way when things are just like, dude, why are we arguing about a NASCAR placement right now? Why, why are we arguing about if it was offsides yeah. or not on this football game? Like, like yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's a time and place. And um but yes. th- that 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 balancing that ego thing that and a healthy balance of our ego, especially amongst yes. men, um, is very very healthy. And, and and the fact that you've created that dynamic is 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 interesting yes. in that too. Um, yes. You, you, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just to kind of touch on that. I, I think um, I remember you know in my place of you know previous employment. Um, the day I decided to just try it, even at work, right? Just expressing um, to people how I feel. And um, and I did it because intrinsically, um, I'm not a, um, I'm an exploder, right? Like meaning if I'm feeling built up, pent up, you know, I, I, I will, I'll never take it out on myself. I was never even one, like if I'm going through something, let me go drink, let me go party. Like if I'm going through something, let me go find an object or the subject of my aggression and I'm gonna give it to them, right? Mm. You know, so mean in confrontation. And then I, you go through learning lessons and phases in life and then you realize like, okay, that, that didn't solve the problem. It just made it worse, right? And then, I, one of the biggest lessons I learned from being that alpha, macho, aggressive is that, you know, when you bully the bully, you yourself become what you despise, right? Because I, I hated bullies. I got bullied when I came to America, the, like day one off the plate, bullied. And then, mm-hmm. you know, and so I, I just grew to hate bullies. So then bullies became the target of specifically target of my aggression. Like you may not have done nothing to me, but I see you a bully. If I'm angry, I'm coming after you because, you know, you can take this heat. And then I realized one day, like, man, you just, people are looking at you like you're the bigger bully because you, you should know better. So then I was like, well, well, how do I, how do I manage what I'm feeling? And then I went to the next phase of, well, just hold it hold it and displace it somewhere else. And then I grew over time, like, I don't really like that either. Um, mm-hmm. Because the, the the feeling to confront the subject of, of, you know, what's sparking this, these emotions, like it's still there. Like I, I need to, I need to let this person know, but like, how can I do that? You know, without, you know, being less of a man and be like, oh, you're too sensitive. And it's like, you know what? I'm a, I'm a big guy with muscles and, you know, and people are very much well aware that I can handle myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, and I've been told sometimes, you know, uh, in my previous place of employment, like, man, you, unless you smile and people talk to you, you're intimidating. So I was like, okay, so I have that demeanor. So they, if I express myself in this way, well, see what we'll, what we'll find out. So I remember, and it, it was a, a superior, right? One of my supervisors um, reacted to me in a manner that, I thought we were better than that as far as our relationship was concerned. And then, you know, and, and he's my, he was my supervisor, but I was older than this guy, you know, and in, mm-hmm. in my culture, you respect your elders. Right. And, um, you know, and he, you know, he, re- he responded to me in a way that I just didn't like. And I remember I went to my office and then I sat down, said, I don't like this feeling. I'm going to go tell him exactly how I feel. And I walk right back. To his office and I went to his door. I said, bing bing. He turned around. He was like, he's like, hey, what's up? I said, you hurt my feelings. Just like that. 
Hmm. I was like, I, 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 the way you talked to me just now, how you, I, I did not expect that from you. And, and I felt that, you know, and I'm not really looking for any explanation or any solution, but I just, I wanted you to know that because like it, yeah, like I just need, I needed to express this to you. And then he just, he was shocked. He didn't even know what to say in response. Cause mm-hmm. here's this, you know, big muscular guy, much bigger than him that can clearly take him out if, if the conversation got um, aggressive, right? But I, I exercised restraint, but I was able to clearly communicate what I was feeling. And then I, I just turned around and I left. And on the drive home, I, I was smiling from ear to ear. And I was like, I can't believe I just did that. And I was like, well, how did that make you feel? Good. Because now he gets to go home with that on his conscience that he disrespected and he hurt somebody that mm. was completely unwarranted, you know? And then after that day, I remember that just became my practice. I just, I, I was never afraid to just express that aspect, that side of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, uh, that's really important because I don't feel like a lot of people are capable of that. And, and I think we're provided so many opportunities to yes. handle things in different ways, regardless of how our emotions are spiked, you know, um, yes. I remember I interviewed, um, one lady before who, anyway, she was talking about what, you know, her relationship with her husband, things that her husband does sometimes that upsets her, but she was just like, you know, he's, he's just a trigger. And that's for me to figure out what it is about that, that triggered me, you know, and yes. just kind of what you said is, is some people just present themselves. They say something and they don't mean it in any way, one way, shape or another, you know, and the way we interpret it doesn't have to always be the way that we interpret it It could mean so many different things. But sometimes if we get an emotional trigger, we, we say, Oh, they make me upset. They do this. And it puts the power into them. But, and it's like, no, 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 they're just a trigger. I'm upset for something that they did. And it's up to me to see how I want to handle this. And, but, I'm with you, man. I'm an inner exploder. I, it took me forever to realize that is not the correct way. And I see that so often. Um, have you, have you ever heard of the term emotivism? No. Oh, so emotivism is, is kind of what we're talking about. Like it's literally the balance between a logical approach and emotional approach. So emotivism is like, for example, like, let's say, um, Donald Trump, right? I know he's a very polarizing figure. I know he, he triggers a lot of things. He'll say something, right? And then all of a sudden, this lady who would normally not go out of her way to talk crap or or post anything or or anything, she then will go in on him just because, well, it's because it's Donald Trump and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of almost like an excuse yes. because your emotions yes. are so far beyond, you know? So that's kind of what emotivism yes. is. Um, but you highlighted it correctly. You You do not have to allow someone else have the power to how you decide to respond or react. And you do not have to react in that emotion. Um, man, man, where do you, how do we, how do we like, how do we as a society get to that? Cause I feel like that's so huge. And like, how do we get to that point? And I'm not trying to ask a loaded question, but I'm just thinking out loud. it's, It's not, it's not a loaded question. And you know, sometimes, the answers and solutions can be found in the exact same space, right? Just mm. at a different degree. You just you just gotta instead of sitting on this type of side of the table, get up and go on the other side. Look at the same problem from that side, and I guarantee you'll see it differently. And and I say that um, to say that I think the practice in which my team has is part of the solution, right? It's, it's all solutions start with self. I think, um, you know, there's so many people that are trying to change the world by looking and identifying things in the world that they, from where they're sitting, seems to be a problem and saying, okay, well, let me go fix him. Let me go fix her. Let me go fix that. And I believe if, if everyone took a self-introspective approach right? Like the work is done. Let me, if I provide you with the tools and the resources so you can do the work on yourself, that's it. You know, and all it takes, if, 
if one person changes, the world changes, mm. right? That one person in the world just made a difference in the world because they changed. And then, so now five, 10 people changed. And that space of the world in which those 10 people occupy change. So mm. it, it, I think the change starts from the individual instead of trying to do it on a macro level. Because we've tried the macro approach from, for as long as I can remember, you know, this next leader gets voted in and this next person that, and there's always a, a small percentage that resist, right? Because, you know, it resists the change and they can't identify with who is, you know, publicizing this message of change, you know? So I've, I've found my, my team is very diverse. There's no, it's not built of one race, one religion, one ethnic background, one gender, um, one sexual preference, like we're, we're very diverse, but the, the commonality that brings us all together, um, besides the sport of bodybuilding is that it's, it's an individual, it's up to each individual to introspect, um, and bring about the best qualities, the best human qualities that they possibly can. And when, when, when everyone takes that ownership and that responsibility, that's, that's how our team functions. So it's, I don't, there's no one self-regulating, even me as a coach, if you, you think I'm around checking on people and make sure that they eat their meal plans and do this and make sure that they're, they're, um, they're, they're doing what they're supposed to and they're living life, you know, in a, and representing the team and themselves and the best, I don't have to do that. They, they'll do that all mm. on their own. And I could probably say that they do that on your own. Um, because they, they've, I've given them the tools that, Hey, this is, this is you, you know, the world, the world that you're, you have to be an active participant in creating the world that you want to see the society that you want to see. And it starts with you. Don't worry about the next person that needs to be changed or the next person that's not doing it. You do it. If you see them not doing it, then that only means one thing. That means that you're supposed to be doing it. If there, if you see no one saying anything, then that means you're supposed to say it because you see it, so you say it. You see it, so you do it. You know, if you see it not being done, you know. So I, I believe it, and that's that's my philosophy, like my approach, you know. And um, I think that it, it just starts from the individual, and I think on a micro level. And if every individual just focus on, it's just like, that's why bodybuilding, I think, is the perfect complement to what we're talking about. Because you could be a part of a bodybuilding team, but when you're on stage, it's just you. I'm not up there with, with, uh, with my athletes. They're up there by themselves. You know, um, it's you got to pose. You got to show your physique. You have to put the food in your mouth, chew it and swallow, right? You have to pick the weight up and put it down. Even if I'm in the gym with you, you still got to do the reps and sets like it's right. you. So so if you if you take that lesson and you superimpose that on other areas of a person's life, you could I think you can surmise that, you know, growth change in the world that we want to see starts with the individual. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, and I like the fact that you highlighted that at the very beginning, which is you're a competitor first. So you got to take care yes. of yourself. And, you know, and I feel like that's one of the bigger lessons that, that, um, that I had to learn. It's like, I can tell my kids everything about how to be better people or how to do this and how to do that. But if I'm not exhibiting the same values that I'm preaching upon, then it really falls on deaf ears because who, like who you are and what you do says way more than what you actually say about yourself, you know? Absolutely. And it's, um, my God, it, it's so important. This is this. I got to tell you, so this is this is one enlightening conversation that uh, I had. I, I, I had a feeling it was going to be like this, but I, this is just uh, very, very enlightening. Um, my God, uh, real quick. I, the one of the things that I definitely also wanted to uh, talk to you about is uh, we were stationed in the same place uh, unknowingly yeah. and in the same branch. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, because uh, so South Carolina, right? That was were, were you at Naval Weapons yeah. Stations? Is that where you were at again? No, no, I was on Paris Island. Okay, I was on Paris Island. Okay. I was on, yeah, I was on uh, the the recruit depot. So I went to I went to boot camp on in um, Paris Island, then I went up to Lejeune for um, combat training and my MOS, and then my my first duty station ended up being right back at Paris Island. Okay, and you were in the what branch were you in? 
Marines, Marines. All right, yeah, I'm sorry. Hey, man, I'm just... <laughs> I only know Navy oh, things, okay. and so that's why I'm just like, bro, I don't... Oh, okay. no, <laughs> well, no, okay. it's funny because, yeah. well, because it's like, you know, everybody is an MOS, Navy, it's rate. Um, you know, right, you guys yeah. have, you guys have like your sergeants and things. We just have our petty officers and, and it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Different. yeah. Um, a, a lot of what, what I wanted to ask you about that was like a lot of the principles you speak about a lot of the, the camaraderie energy, the vibes, the team of, you know, knowing that they, they play a, a vital role in their own thing. Like, did you learn that from the military? Would you say some of that kind of carried over as well? Or can you go into that? Um, absolutely. Absolutely, because um, you know the my team is predominantly all military. Oh, so okay. So they, yeah, the the team is predominantly active duty military, um, but uh, also you know from prior to the military, you know, growing up, I played on sports teams, and if if you played organized sports, you learn the importance of teamwork right then and there, right? Um, and my my sport of choice was basketball. Um, I tried to play soccer like, you know, every other Jamaican, but um, <laughs> I wasn't very good at it. So I gave that up quick and then uh, <laughs> took my shot at baseball. Um, and I loved baseball too. But growing up, uh, once we got to New York, we were in the Bronx. There wasn't really any place to play because it was all city to play baseball, you know. So I was like, all right, I need something, you know, and then I just... I picked up basketball and I was like, all right, well, I guess this is my sport. And, you know, I fell in love with basketball um, and, uh, you know, played on um, junior varsity, varsity, you know, you know, out in town, you know, uh, outside of school leagues and stuff like that. So, yeah, when you when you I, I believe um, being a part of a team, you know, is very important to learn um, the value of teamwork, camaraderie. Um, the, you know, depending, being able to trust and depend on people to your left and to your right, you know, and then the common goal is to go and win, you know, and I think, mm -hmm. you know, com it, it instills that level of competition, you know, in you where like, um, yeah, you, you realize like, okay, I can go out here and have fun. Um, but nothing feels as enjoyable as that victory. Right. And it's not something you can you can achieve on your own. It takes every member of this team that you're going to have to learn to rely on them as well as they rely on you to do your part in order to achieve this ultimate victory. So I think in my youth, that, that was like my foundation that the military just uh, it amplified it. Um, Cause you, you know, you, you quickly realize like, Oh crap, you know, I, I trust these men and women around me and, you know, we trust each other to do our jobs, you know, mm -hmm. or to, to play our parts and our role and show up and, you know, you, you can accomplish anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the military in yeah. general, just is, it's so many lessons to be had. And then, you yes. know, um, especially like the teamwork and everything, because in the military, you don't choose your team. Like you do not choose it. It, no. it and they come from uh -huh. everywhere and everything. Yes. And, um, yes. it's, it definitely, it was, it was definitely one of the first times in my life that I had to, um, practice like honest tolerance, like, um, like for example, right? Like we talked about emotivism. We talked about how sometimes we give ourselves an excuse to react. I remember there was this yeah. guy in my A school, uh, and he asked me, right? He just goes out of nowhere. He goes, Hey, Hey there cat. Do you, uh, do you see in widescreen? Right. Talk about the like, the, I thought he was making an Asian joke. Right. And everything. Right. And I, and I lost my temper for a little bit. I'm like, ah, like, but then I thought about it in the back of my head. This kid's from like nowhere, Alabama. He probably has never mm -hmm. seen an Asian person in his entire life with the exception of, mm -hmm. you know, TV. Right. Didn't have social media back then. It was like back in the early 2000s. And it's just like, right. I can choose a, a lot of different ways, even though. I can act like I'm offended or be whatever. I can just literally show some compassion, enlighten them, educate them, and also just show them another way of um, responding, you know, because at the end yeah. of the day, we're going to be in war together and I have to trust this guy to do his job. I have to trust this guy to do whatever. So how would, how am I supposed to create that if all I'm doing is burning him at every opportunity that I can, even though I know there's a yeah. better way of approaching things, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I had to learn that. And then, and another thing is I, you know, because we're talking about how to, you spoke, which, um, 
about speaking into existence, like speaking positively, speaking about growing. And I got to tell you, man, that for me, I learned that directly in the Navy because in the Navy, when I was in, it was a lot of negative reciprocation. If you don't do this, I'm going to do this. Well, I'm this rank and you're not this rank and you're that and you're this. And it's just so destructive and so toxic. And uh, it it took, I got to tell you, man, it took me a good year, year and a half to get out of that as well as, I didn't realize like I was doing that sometimes to my kids or to my family. And it was just like, God, it's, it's, it's a, but, but you know, just kind of what we're talking about. If you put yourself around that energy, you, you end up becoming a byproduct of that energy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And you know, for me, um, shout out to my parents and my culture, man. Um, They, they, the older I get, the more appreciation I get, I have for them and for where I'm from, because you know, our, the country motto in Jamaica is out of many, out of many, one, right? One people. So, you know, I, I, I was never raised, I swear, like I was never raised to identify myself with a color or identify other people with a color. Like I didn't even knew that existed, right? And, you know, the culture in Jamaica is very diverse. You know, you, you have um leftover settlers from you know from scotland and ireland um there's chinese there there's um there's indian like from india there's the the native west indian that's there and then the africans you know that came right so it's 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 a lot of the and a lot of the caribbean is that way so we we grow up you you see it you know not in a at least where i grew up not in a very large scale but but the, the cultural social programming was people, right? Mm. Like, you know, so we, we identified by our geographical location. Hey, where are you from? Oh, I'm from, you know, the city. I'm from the town. I'm from this, that. So I, I never knew when I, you know, once I, my, you know, my, we relocated to America, I didn't know that people actually identify by skin color. I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. He doesn't look black, right? Like I know what black looks like, man. I passed, you know, I passed kindergarten. Uh, he doesn't look <laughs> white. Like that, that's not, not, not even come close to white. So my logical aspect of my brain was like, what's wrong with these people, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, and then um, I remember having a conversation with my, my mom one day. She's like, oh, don't worry about it, baby. You know, you just just love everybody. And I was, so I grew up with just, you, you treat people based on their character and and like just i think you you alluded to it earlier you know how they live right how they behave right the way the manner in which they carry themselves so and whenever i came across um i remember the first time i came encounter with something like that it was foreign to me i i I just brushed it off like something's wrong with this person man you know and other people were like hey man he's this you know they're putting labels on him i was like well, I don't even know what that means because I, I wasn't even, it wasn't on some, yeah, I would want to say like my early to mid 20s is when I actually learned about the history of America and some of those things, right? Cultural differences and f- cultural friction. So I, like, I, I just thought, I just thought something was wrong with people. Like, man, something's wrong with him. You know, I'm going to relocate myself over here, you know, with, people that are, but my, my, the crowd that I moved in was always very diverse, regardless of uh, where I was at, because I just, I I never accepted that form of social programming. And I never, I rejected that. I, I, and I still do. I reject that ideology emphatically. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, man. I, I rejected in its entirety. And, um, my experience is a little bit different. I've, you know, I got the bullying at the, the, the constant, hey, you're this, you're that, you because you're Asian. And and here's the thing is I think um, a benefit of me is, is I'm adopted, right? My parents are white. I'm Asian. And, you know, everybody always used to point out that contrast, but my parents always treated me like I was their child, regardless of what our race was or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that definitely enabled me. People were, oh, you're this because you're Asian. I would be like, no, I'm not. Like, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to do these things just because of a box you put me in. And and you're right. It, exactly. Now, mind you, it took me a little bit. It took me a little bit to to yes. to finally accept that, you know, because it, you know, I think we're taught for whatever reason, we're taught to act out. We're taught to make it about them and, and blame them or whatever. 
Um, and in all honesty, yeah. that's what kind of got me into bodybuilding and got me into everything else. Mm. But it also made me realize that the reason why I built myself up through bodybuilding was just more of my, my, my self-talk about what these comments were rather than what the comments were them themselves. You know, and if they were yeah. saying something of some dynamic and it was affecting me, then something about it is, is actually affecting me. Like we talked about, it's a trigger, you know, and, and it's up to me to figure out what I want to do with it. And yeah, now it's just, it's a whole nother way of, of just approaching it and enabling and man, it's, it's, this is so important with, um, with that. Um, you know, I, I guess, I guess I got to talk about bodybuilding at some point in dynamic, right. Actually with shows and things like that. Um, so yeah. you're, you're talking about the PMBA. You're saying that's a very good family, family, um, vibe of, a, of an organization. Um, are there yeah. any, are there any other shows? I think you said you're getting ready for Mr. America, right? Here soon. Um, well, yeah, um, we're actually, uh, we kind of sh shifted because we, I got athletes in the shoot that everyone wants to go to the, the natural Olympia in November. Okay. Um, so I kind of had to make a coach's decision on, um, what's in their best interest, you know, and I talked to them about it and I, and I gave them the opportunity, like, you know, um, we've, we've been cyclical on, on the stages, you know, month after month, um, now we're now the real competitors, like the seasoned competitors and the ones that use the strategy I use, like where I, I don't start the season hard. Like I, I gradually improve and I go hard to finish strong. Um, I'm like, those competitors are coming out now. So, you know, we could either go do another show or we can like really buckle in and just give 100 gas for this Olympia and just go, go stand among the, the, the best on, you know, uh internationally so um i think we chose you know collectively like hey let's let's just for those athletes that were that were slated for that let's go shift speeds and let's let's just go go all in um 100 on the olympia so we, we got team usa um on the 23rd and then um and then for but for those athletes specifically they're going to just lock in on the olympia Wow. Is that a normal approach for your team? Like you guys kind of take it to like one show at a time. Let's all get ready for like the same event, be on the same everything. Um, yes. And there's, there are different levels of competitors on the team. You know, there are those that are still trying to get their feet wet doing their first shows, their second shows gradually improving. And then there, there's some seasoned ones that been with me since the inception of the team and, you know, they, they are, they are using that approach now where it's like, all right, you know, you've already got your feet wet. You got the experience. You've been, you know, been, been to multiple shows now within, you know, the past year and a half. Um, now, you know, let's, let's make it count. Let's not no longer compete just to compete. You know, you got that. Let's now let's, let's go, let's go for something, right? Let's, it's all about leveling up, you know, beating the last physique, beating the last placing, and then the, the pinnacle, the, the Olympia, to me, I, I think it's just a, it's a great way to kind of see where you stack up now internationally, right? Because I, I, like I tell my team, regardless of how you place at the Olympia, when you walk away from the Olympia, you get to say, I am, you get to put in the world next to your placing, mm. right? So whatever you come in, fifth, sixth, seventh, tenth, tenth in the world, right? Because it's a, it's a, it's a global competition. Wow. I've, um, I've yet to attend uh, a natural Olympia. Like I, I'm still getting my feet wet in the space. So wh where's, gotcha. where's that at? How many athletes are usually in that competition? Um, that's going to be, um, usually held at the golden nugget in Las Vegas. Okay. Um, and typically, yeah. So for, I, I'm, I, I don't know the approximate count, but I'm, I'm assuming I, I would say because it's two days, there's Friday's competition for amateurs and then Saturday's for pros. And that's like a all day thing. So I want to say it's, it's easily over 300, you know, plus wow. competitors wow. between both days. Yeah. Of, across globally too. Wow. Yeah, so you got the other countries, they show up with their teams. You know, you got, the, you know, and they, they got their country swag on their country flag. And that's and that's the cool thing, too. You know, if you top placings, you know, you get on the podium and they play your your the national anthem from your country. So oh, it, it shows a lot of respect, cultural respect, too. So 
Um, I, that it's just it's the place for natural bodybuilding. I think that's the place to be. That's the that's the best way to finish off the year. Wow, three hundred. I'm just imagining. I can imagine because there's you already get that vibe with teams and bigger shows. I want, so I can yeah. only imagine if you're like representing your country like so much yeah. more to be, especially when there's a lot of other cultures who actually um, seem to be prideful about their country and their culture opposed <laughs> yeah. America, where it seems yeah. like a lot of people just, I don't know. It's not popular to be proud of, of where we're from, even though I feel like we have better than anybody else. Um, that's, that's, that's great. So how did you guys, uh, do, did you guys do this event last year? Did you guys, we did. How'd you guys we do? Um, um, we did really good. We brought a total of 10 athletes. We had about 13 or 14 um, that qualified, but 10 mm. of them actually showed up. Um, and we did really good. Um, I think, you know, for majority of our athletes placed anywhere within the top 10 um, out of out of all all 10 of them. Right. I think maybe one or two of them, you know, but they, but they were the, the two that placed out of the top 10 were in really, really deep lineups. I mean, like 25 plus, Oh wow! you know, and they were somewhere in the teens, you know, like 16 or 17, but still I was like, I told them, hold your head high, man. That's something to be proud of. You get to Absolutely. say you're in the world, right? Like just wherever you're at in the world goes next to your, next to that placing and not many natural athletes um, can say that. Right. And they can, they can make all the criticism and say, well, I'm better than you. I've won this, that, and the third, like, well, pull up to the pinnacle then and show, mm. and show how good you really are and go, you know, don't, don't worry about the local talent. Let's, let's see how you fare against international talent. Yeah. 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 I, I wish, I wish natural bodybuilding would go more into that. Cause it feels like a lot of just organizations, just, you know, just people just compete within organizations kind of takes, kind of takes away from, what you're just saying, well, like, well, all right, then show up to this. This is, this is a free for all and you're competing yeah. against everybody. And, um, I definitely yeah. feel like that pull could, up. yeah, pull up. Exactly. And, and, and that's yeah. that, that, that confrontation, that challenge doesn't have to be negative. It, it can be all positive, you know, iron sharpens no. iron and it's yes. there to like, Hey, I'm yeah. holding my own. I want you to hold your own. This isn't yes. about exactly winning, but more of just pushing ourselves to be better. And that is just yes. huge, man. Yeah. Are you um, with our team? In, go ahead, go ahead. In, yeah, with our team in that room, <laughs> we're loud. We we are the <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we we turn up at the oh man every every event we turn up, but at the Olympia, we, I mean all the way up, all mm. the way. There's ne there's never a dull moment because we we want to make natural bodybuilding fun. You know, we we want people because you know I think. One of, uh, you know, one of, one of someone that I consider my big brother mentor in the sport of bodybuilding, um, I, ha I had a conversation with him the other day and he said, um, you know, he said, if you ever watch a child ride a bike, right? He said, whether you intervene or not, you know, that, that child, g give that, you know, child some time, they're going to master riding that bike. They're going to like master the art of riding that bike, whether they fall or not. Right. And he said, you know why? You know, and he's like, because they're having fun because they're having fun while doing it. So this, our craft of, you know, bodybuilding, man, like, you know, you gotta learn to have fun with it. And that's one of the things that my team, my family, we embrace, man. Um, once the work is done, it's done, you know, and then when it's time to show, pull up to the arena, first place, second place, last place, no place, it doesn't matter. Like it, we are going to have fun, right? And one of the concepts that I, I, I built, I, I established a culture of winning and I, but I defined winning. I said, you got, you have to define when, what, what is a win, right? If you define win as a first place, then you don't understand what winning truly is. Right. Mm. So I let them know, man, like you, you pull up to the arena and you got your tan on and you're oiled up and you ready to step on stage. That's the win right there. They're, you're 1% of the 1%. And then if, if you don't think that that's a win, then what do you call the person who's sitting in the audience watching you criticize and go, well, I always wanted to do that. I could do that. Well, you, you want, you could, whatever, but you ain't doing it. And what's, what's worse than that? The person who's not at the arena watching the event, who's at home on their second bag of Doritos, <laughs> you know, say, telling themselves, man, I, 
you know, I want to get in shape. I need to get off this couch. And there's more, there's way more of them than there's people that's actually pulling up to these shows. So that's the win. You know, you, you just increase the degree of separation between you and everybody else who is not you. Right. So just understand when you define that win for yourself, now it's time to have fun, you know, and that's one of the, the big thing. We want to create that culture back around natural bodybuilding again, that this, this thing got to be fun, man. Like, you know, you, you win some and sometimes, you know, you get first sometimes, sometimes you don't, whatever. Right. You know, if someone is first, I shake the man's hand and say, hey, man, you got me today, but I'm going to put you on my list and we're going to run it back eventually. Right. Let's do it again, right? right? And if you best me again, let's run it back again, right? Run it back until one of us retire, you yeah. know. But it, but it, it makes it fun. It's fun. It's in the spirit of building and uplifting each other, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my man, um, I, I, I have felt better and uplifted and and a better version of myself just after this conversation. Um, if any of my my listeners or any of anybody that's listening to this would like to get a hold of you, how would they uh, how would they get a hold of you and become a king or or a king or queen themselves? I guess. Yeah. No. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. You can you know just look at it. We have a website, um, DebbieFitBodies.com, um, or on all the social media platforms. You know we're on IG, Facebook um, at the same moniker, DebbieFitBodies. Um, you know, and, uh, yeah, just reach out, connect, you know, kind of see what we're doing. We're on YouTube, we're, we're everywhere. So, um, or pull up to an IMBA show and, and just listen out for the loud group. He's not lying. Yeah. That's them right there. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, I really appreciate your time again. Uh, do me a favor, stay on for just a little bit longer on this and, uh, for everybody else, thank you all for listening. Hope you enjoyed this, uh, this segment just as much as I did right now. And, uh, until then guys, yeah. next time. Dose. Ooh, man. How did that go for you, man? How do you feel?